This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your Ingle Company Summer Series, a set of conversations where we are chatting to some of Australia's most relatable voices for their take on taboo money topics. Over eight weeks, we will be asking the money questions that may have recently been on your mind, but you haven't had the confidence to bring them up. Questions like, why am I putting so much pressure on myself financially right now? Or how do I tell my friends that sometimes I just can't keep up socially? We know firsthand that talking about money can be oh so awkward. And we want to acknowledge right off the top that there is a huge amount of privilege inherent in all of these conversations we'll be having. But we do think that the more open we are about money and the more perspectives we can gather, the better off our overall financial well-being will be. So welcome to our Taboo Money Conversation series. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Dicker. We hope that this episode gives you a catalyst to start your very own money chat. This series is brought to you by Up. As upsiders ourselves, we are super excited to be working with a brand that is aligned with our purpose of helping young people tackle their finances. Up is the first digital bank which is making money easy for our generation by giving us the tools to get our finances sorted and get what we want in life. And what I want right now is to talk to So about some taboo money topics. Yes, today we are so excited to be joined by Soph McIntyre, the founder of Club Sup, a supper club with two simple rules to bring an open mind and an empty stomach where you can connect with strangers. This incredible concept has experienced so much growth over the last couple of years as I think all of us seek more connection in our day-to-day lives. And so we thought who better to talk to about taboo money topics than someone who has created an entire business out of conversations with new people. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, (laughs) Soph. Thank you. Okay, so we've been starting all these episodes in the same way, which is asking a would you rather. Okay. We've actually been asking everyone money-related would you rathers, (laughs) but for some reason with you, we haven't. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're the first. I don't Hit know why. Me. So the premise is that you have clubs up, which Maddie said you talk to, talk to strangers, meet new people, yeah. and you also love cooking. Am okay. I correct? Yeah. You love to cook. Mm-hmm. So the would you rather is would you rather never be able to make another friend in your whole life or never be able to cook again? Oh, my God. That is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty make, depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it's like kind of but, positive. <laughs> <laughs> but do I get unlimited money to go out to dinner? Like ha- who finance? Like who finances my my eating? Yeah. Okay. This is true. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Everyone has like asked us secondary questions about their rather like no one just answers. Okay. What are you talking about? Like when we're talking unlimited money, we're we talking like millions. Like can I just like every night, no matter what I want to eat, or every minute of every day, like. Is it yes. a fantasy Okay, lounge? so you can, you can Cause like, like how else? Like, because I cook it, like everything I eat. Like, I'm not really an Uber Eats person. Okay, you can afford to eat like what you want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But just remember, like, you're eating breakfast out every day. Yeah, mm. I know. <laughs> Ooh, I think it's to never cook again. Yeah, is that because you like making friends? Well, I think it's just because, like, imagine, like, I think friends shape your life so much so like imagine like food food shapes your life but not that much yeah 
I think food sparks a lot of joy. It brings a lot of happiness. But friends are like, that really is your whole life. Yeah. So on friend shaping your life, <laughs> segue. On that, on that though, topic. <laughs> talking about money, what was what's like your experience growing up with money or like who has kind of taught you or shaped your feelings or understandings of money? I guess it's like two-pronged. Like I think it very much comes I think the overarching having having my parents getting a divorce essentially is what taught me a lot about money and having one parent that had money and one parent that didn't have that much money and kind of just seeing I guess the duality of both sides like it's just like I didn't grow up in just one side yeah interesting. Um, that kind of taught me that it money can come money can go away it's pretty transient like it doesn't really like it always comes back around but then in the same time I think I'm a massive like rainy day person and like never using the rainy day like never enjoying the rainy day and do you think that has come from like the side where you've seen that it times yeah. can get really tough like I think what I think about money and what I maybe grew up doing was like I've always especially in my 20s because I moved to Melbourne by myself like I definitely had support but not that much like I got a job I you know I went to uni like from literally 18 living on my own, supporting myself, working and doing uni, which I feel like is so rare now. Yeah, it <laughs> like, is. I don't know any 18-year-olds like out there just like getting on the tram to RMIT and like going home and cooking dinner. That I think I very much rationalised myself out of rainy days. Like they just, they didn't exist because I'm like, there's always something that you could be paying for. Like even going to Meredith this weekend, like the other day, I was like, because when I all, when tickets come out, I'm like, oh my god, no, that's way so that's so much money. Like, what I can't afford that. Like that is so silly. Like, why would you spend all that money doing that and having fun? <laughs> and then I just kind of got to this point the other day where I was like, why? Like, there's someone going that I really want to see, and I can't access their sideshow. And I'm like, why are you denying yourself like this fun for what? you're fortunate enough that you can make money and it'll come back around and you have savings and you're not going to go buy a house tomorrow. Like, you don't have to hoard it all the time. Yeah. 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 When you speak about, like, the rainy day in your mind and yeah. if you think about it, like, what does that mean? When you say, like, you would give up not going to a festival, what are you substituting that for? Is it you want to have a, an amount in your bank account or is it you want it for, like, some security for some I purposes? for sure security. It's very psychological. It's for sure security, but I also think things, they do come up where I'm like, okay, like that's the thing I want to do. The last time I think I really did it was in like 2019. I was working a job. I was single. I had like, I was just classic saver. And I was like, wow, well, I've got like 10, 15 grand in my bank. Like, why don't I just like go overseas? And so I spent 10 days in New York and that was great. So I think stuff like that, that I'm like, that adds value to my life. But I guess I'm just absolutely not like a handbag girly or a, yeah, like that's just not what I spend money on. So I guess like in your day-to-day life, do you find it hard to like so-called treat yourself? It's, I don't know. It's like... I've, I've gotten a lot better at it because I never used to treat myself at all. It's so funny. It's like I deny myself stuff for so long and then I'm just like I see one thing. I'm like, that's it. 
and then I'm like, I can do it. And then mm-hmm. I kind of, it's like I black out and then I come to. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like this kind of spending is like linked to some emotion, like some deep yeah. down emotion mm-hmm. because like you think of like, like, you know, if you're jealous of something, like you see someone with something else you want to buy it, or if you're sad or stressed, maybe like an emotional outlet yeah. is to spend. But I also think there's like something inherently not problematic because that's a really big word and I don't want to like use it in the wrong sense, but like this concept of like treating ourselves. Yeah. Because really like if you're saving money and you're working hard and you've spoken that you've, you know, you were working since you were 18, really you should be buying what you think can bring you like joy. And I think as a female sometimes like there's this really overwhelming, I don't know what the word is, like weight of like, oh, I'm just buying that because like I'm treating myself or like, Mm. but really what you're buying should be around what you love to indulge in and well I think that would come like my first thoughts on that is that it would come from our mums yeah and I don't think our like our generation's mums had as much income as we did and so we've heard that because like I think about when my parents were together my dad had more money versus my mum and so Obviously, they had joint finances. And so for her to get something she wanted, it was, oh, I'm just treating myself. Like, I think as women, that's kind of where it comes from. Like, yeah. I don't think, especially our generation has gotten rid of that. It is true. Like, I feel like yeah. I, you can, you would hear that. Like, men are never like, oh, I'm just treating myself. So like, true. men are always like, oh, it's my money. I made it. I'm going to buy that. Do you know? It's so, and it's not like they shop less. I mean, some, no. but oh my, my dad doesn't. <laughs> like, dad always just, like, I don't know, I feel like he's the hardest person to buy for because like, if he wants something, he buys it. But I'm just, like, he yeah. never comes home and says, treated myself today. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's <laughs> not like... a six-year-old a, man like, that. No one has to just, like, men never justify their purchases, yeah. whereas women are, co- I mean, I feel like women are constantly justifying their existence. Yeah. But, yeah. God, I feel like we really just uncovered something. Well, <laughs> I feel like I felt that a bit recently when I bought stuff and I maybe it ties into a bit of like, you know, if you say no to one thing but then you're buying something else, someone's like, oh, you bought like that bag and you're like, oh, I'm just treating myself. You know, I've worked really hard this year. I've, you know, done this, that and the other but it's like no, really like I've worked like, yeah, I've worked yeah. and I have money and I'm allowed to buy what I want to buy but why do we have to come back to always like, yeah, oh, it's just, you know, a once off. Yeah, I don't know and I think like bless my boyfriend like he is so (laughs) he's so good at it like I think we have very similar ways that we grew up he is always like money is there for you to do the things you want in your life and nothing else and if you know you have that security for a while but then you get the thing that you've been working towards that's great so like I remember the other week I literally was like hey I've done something really bad like I bought something really expensive and he was like great good on you and I was like (laughs) oh true and he was like you work so hard like why Mm. he's like just enjoy it so do you think your mentality is changing and like is it influenced by him potentially positive reinforcement this is is very (laughs) psychological but I think you know I think I was very deep in my hoarding saving phase when I was like probably in like my loneliness era yeah okay and because I was like well I don't really have money to spend on things that I want to do so I'm just like I'm just gonna you know like it was like a real spiral and then I think as I've come out of the pandemic and I've got really meaningful things to do with my money that I'm a bit more like oh screw it like it doesn't matter because it's an experience and it's life like I think post-pandemic I'm a bit more like happy to spend money on living if that's a weekend away with my old roommates 
and we just like go to a nice lunch while we do that and like to me like it's tied to that memory and it can help me go and do those things yeah it sounds like you're spending your money really mindfully Mm, yeah I want to touch on that loneliness concept before I do I want to ask a question when you were in that hoarding phase did you feel really stressed about money what was the emotion that you had when you were a hoarder or was like it was still fine you were a hoarder (laughs) no I think you you might still be a hoarder I don't know (laughs) no I don't think I was stressed about money because I've always like had this philosophy that like my pay is not mine. It's like my bills, it's my savings first. Like, I don't know where this has come from, but like my pay is not attached to me. It's like, um, it's like a figure that comes into my account and before it touches anything I want to do with it, my bills are paid. So like my, everything's siphoned off for like rent, bills, whatever, and then siphoned off into savings, and then whatever's left over is what I get to live with and enjoy. Well done. Yeah. That's great. I think it's been living <laughs> out of home since I was 18. You yeah, know, true. Yeah. You've had to yeah. you've had to learn or, that from when you first started earning money. Yeah. Or like when I went on a gap year and this was so this feels so long ago saying this now, but my I ran out of money, I think, halfway through. And my dad was like, look, I will help you. But the minute you get back, you're, like, working for me and I'm not paying you a single cent. You're just working and you're paying it back. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, I think maybe he gave me, like, $150 just to have some, like, freedom a week. (laughs) I thought you meant when you're on your gap year. I was like, I don't think that would have lasted six months. But he gave me every month, he gave me 1000 Australian dollars and that was 700 euros. And I lived in Europe, travelled. I have to say, in 2023, (laughs) I'm not sure that would get you far. It it would get you, like... (laughs) Four days. <laughs> but the it, wine <laughs> prices there now are just not. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and I lived off 700 euros a month. Yeah, wow. Travelling. Like, I just don't know. I think that's, like, set my, my foundation up. We have been chatting with Soph in this episode about how she spends based on her values but can also be conservative at the same time. And I feel like at the moment I need to do a bit of a review of my spending because I don't know where I should be being more conservative. (laughs) I think that would be a really good idea for you, mate. Thanks, Soph. I actually saw the other day a stat that said almost half of Gen Z say they are overspending on the good life. So maybe you're falling into that category even though you're not Gen Z. I feel like overspending is the key word there I've been trying to remind myself that it doesn't have to be one or the other spending or saving but like more just spending mindfully well you know that I did this exercise at the beginning of last year where I printed out my bank statements like worked out really where my money was going so maybe that's something for you look I could do that but that would involve me locating a printer so instead my bank app has recently introduced a new feature called hi-fi It's basically an automated financial system that helps me put my financials on autopilot. It's all in the app, so I don't have using a printer as an excuse. It sounds too good to be true. What does it actually involve? (laughs) I now get my notifications for upcoming bills. I have all my expenses aligned and I'm actually getting an understanding of what my outgoings are. The best thing is that it helps me to know exactly how much I'm due to have left over at the end of each payday so I can spend more responsibly on the fun stuff. Oh, that's actually a feature I really need. I really need that. (laughs) Well, since signing up to UpSoap, 
Over two thirds of customers report having a better relationship with money. I feel like I can really relate to that. Well, if that's not a reason to join up, then I don't know what is. Join us along with 750,000 other young Australians using UP, a digital bank which is making dealing with money easy for our generation and giving us the tools we need to get our finances sorted and get what we want in life. And if you download the UP app today and sign up with the code YIGC, they will deposit 10 bucks into your account. Easy money. Easy money. T's and C's apply. Find them at up.com.au forward slash terms. So linking back to what you were saying about like loneliness Mm. and maybe hoarding, I guess what you do for your job Mm. is clubs, club. Club. It's okay. So many people club. say sup club and I'm like, it's not sup club. But anyway. Club sup is like bringing people together. Mm. What do you think the link is between loneliness and maybe that money hoarding compared to now like spending when you feel like you might have more connection? Yeah, well, I think it's quite clear that I do things with a lot of purpose. Um, so I think that like having – having somewhere really good to put my money. Like, I guess when I was, like, kind of in this era where I was just, like, I'd come out of a really big relationship and I kind of didn't foster friendships in that relationship and then, yeah, there was probably, like, a year where I was, like, really just pulling myself together again. Luxury goods does not, like, help me. Like, it just doesn't make me feel good about life. And so I think, I don't know what I was saving for. I just was, like, saving I guess it's, I can imagine if it was me, it's a bit more like taking control of your life. Like setting Oh, yeah, I was just about to say that, that I think, yeah, it kind of made me maybe at the time feel like I had a bit of a win. Mm. That I was like, oh, well, I might not have that many friends, but at least I've got 15K. <laughs> Woohoo! Sucked in, I know you all don't. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am rich. What do you mean? <laughs> so now with your experience of growing a business, do you think your relationship has with money has changed at all? Particularly because startups can be a daunting space for yeah, people. Yeah, I think where my brain is mentally is where how I am stressed about money. Like if I think in the first year of starting the club, like the way that I started, it was just a hobby. So I was happy to break even. When I started the club... I had been I had already saved to go to Europe. So I had about like fifteen grand to like get me through. And then obviously it was the pandemic, had a bit of fun. You just you were so rich in the like I was working. I was very lucky that I was working and you know, ev- everyone got their bonuses still. Like I worked for a fashion retailer that was doing very doing well. <laughs> that was doing very well and yeah. made a lot of money in the pandemic. I was able to save probably in hindsight, not as much as I should have at the time. Um, and then when I started the club, I had this idea that I wanted to quit my regular job. So my best friend Miranda, she's so amazing with money and she had a goal. She wanted to buy a house and she, her goal was 100K. I was like, I can't do that <laughs> like in four months. That's ridiculous. So she's like, just pick a number and we'll both get there together. Mm-hmm. And so I picked a number and whilst I was setting up the business, I also was saving massively, trying to like just get to this figure so that I could just take a year off, do whatever I wanted to with this money. I was single at the time. 
And so that's why I was really strict on it breaking even as like baseline. Like there was no way I was putting a single cent. Obviously my time went into it, but at that point it was, I mean, it still is very fun, but it was very like, I was so happy to be there and just, it was fun. And I was like, oh, this is so cool that I get to like pay for stuff that I love doing. And like, that was enough. I had quit my job and then we went back into lockdown in August. So I was without a job and without a business. Yeah, and then I think that time of having, like, no major income and definitely my savings dwindled, they kind of went down to, like, by, like, seven grand, I think. And, like, I'd moved out and, like, built and, like, started a new house with my boyfriend now. And I think in, like, the 2022 year, I was so stressed about money because it felt like I hadn't earned it in a long time. And also for some reason we decided to go to Europe. (laughs) And so I was like really putting a lot of pressure on myself to work. I got like a full-time job again and was still working on the club and was just trying to find any way to recoup. And now we're okay. But I think like that time and I also like that kind of, that time really drove me into like I burnt out from that. Like it was, and I think like since doing that, it's made me realise that, your work and your money and your is not worth like your brain and your who you are because it's so hard to come back from that. Thanks for sharing that. that Sorry, was really, no, Sorry, that's like such a backstory. No, but that's like that's the whole philosophy. It's like, great. Now, now I'm with the club. Like I do stress about money, but it's not from like a how will I live my life. It's more from like a growth point of view I think like having the background of like used to work for Uniqlo and like they were so intense and like my job was managing you know whole departments and year-on-year growth was minimum for them like 110% annually every year that's what you should be doing and if you're not why are you in business and so I think that 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 mentality has like come over to my business now and I I, I really love that mentality because I think so many businesses are just like yeah like we're just here like having the best time and like you know yeah that's how it's changed over the time it's been three years do you or would you tell your friends how much you're making with clubs up yeah I do I, I mean there's definitely not like I wouldn't tell the wider group but the like my two closest friends who lived with me in the house and started it like it's almost like I'm like look what I'm doing from like this experience like it's kind of to me a really fun thing to tell them do you still work like full-time outside yeah okay so so you're getting like a salary I don't work full-time I probably I work casually so I work like three days a week and the way that I manage my life at the moment is like that money is just from like my bare necessities with like my rent my groceries like all the boring stuff and then all the money I make off the club is savings. So that's why it doesn't put pressure on growing the club for my salary. So I don't know, I'm just like very cautious of like putting a lot of pressure on the club because, you know, it, it, it is there for a very good purpose. And if we charged what we needed to charge, it wouldn't exist. Mm. 
you spoke about how you and your friend Miranda kind of like set a savings goal together mm. and we kind of touched on before that like loneliness when you maybe when there's loneliness and we've spoken about it before in um, one of our first episodes that it's quite isolating the topic mm. of money and maybe that's sometimes why people really struggle because they feel like they can't say like I only have this amount and I want to save this amount or mm. they don't know who to turn to what did it look like the dynamic I know that you're friends so it's obviously casual and whatever else but mm. like how did you keep each other accountable how was that conversation brought up I don't know we we just spoke about it I don't even know how it came up but we just kind of, any time we felt like we got into, like, an increment, we'd be like, I'm at this, and then I'd be like, I'm here. And if we had gone down since the last increment, it would be like, oh, that's fine. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just, like, very lucky that it was a very chill thing. I guess do. it's being able to share your, like, success or your savings growing with someone else, and that keeps you... Yeah. Like a bit more, not like accountable in a negative connotation of the word, but it's like accountable in like a positive reinforcement way. It's like kudos on Strava. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so I think Miranda and I also like had single mothers. So we had that mentality as well. And like our other roommate, Riley, both of like her parents are together and like it's a very like unified fallback and like it's amazing. And I think during the pandemic, she just like got, happiness out of and like whatever do what you need needed to do in lockdown out of buying stuff which is like so fine that she had nothing else to do like she wasn't working and I think just like us talking about it with her and like kind of now the three of us happily talk about money like no problem it's funny like sometimes Riles will just be like well I've set up this account with my mum it's locked away like I can't ever touch it but I just like Every time I get paid, I put money there. And I'm like, whoa, like, that's huge. And just her even talking about it, like, watching that change. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that is, like, the reason why you should be open about money because, like, even me hearing that, I'm like, mm. maybe I should, like, yeah, you know, I it gets you, like, motivated same. to do, try new things when it comes yeah. to money. And I, I hate to just be like, well, especially as women, but I think as women, it's just not spoken about. And it's not spoken about having, like, financial security and, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like, I think for men it can be, in some sectors, it could be, like, such a gloat. Yeah. Whereas women it's, like, so hush-hush. Well, I guess, I mean, this whole series is about money being taboo and we often say it's because it's the element of, like, lack of education because Mm. if you feel like you don't know about something, you're nervous to ask questions. And, like, I feel that in so many different facets of my life, Mm. probably not so much about money anymore because we talk about it every single day. Mm. But if you don't know about something, you don't want to ask and then you Mm. keep sheltered and then it kind of just manifests into... Yeah. Are you open with money with, like, your broader friendship group? Like, if there's ever, like, a money issue, you feel like you can't attend something socially or, like, contribute to something, do you feel like you can openly say that? Mm. Yeah. Totally. But also, like, I probably just don't go, (laughs) you know? Like, if I can't afford it, I just... But also, I think in my, like, especially in that group, I think because we all lived together and we literally had to have, like, split-wise conversations all the time, that's some, like, if we're all like, oh, let's go, let's catch up, like, thinking this place, someone would be like, absolutely not, can't do that. (laughs) Like, can we do this place? Like, it's a bit more affordable or, like, you know... I just think that conversation comes up really easily. I think we all kind of can just, like, understand where everyone is financially 
very intuitively. Can we like, actually, I want to ask both of you because I feel like this is a really taboo topic, but like what's your stance on Splitwise? Like do you add everything? Does it do, come out in the know, wash? Do you want a secret? Yeah, what's your secret? What's your secret? But my <laughs> boyfriend and I, Splitwise, we live together, we Splitwise everything. So like you buy a $5 toothpaste? Splitty. Yeah, okay. So, and so now we've lived together. Actually, I want to look at how much it is. <laughs> Have you ever considered a joint account? <laughs> like no, might that's things- too stressful. Like, <laughs> that's real commitment. I'm like, how how will I know where the fifty fifty is? Oh, see, we I have a joint account, but it's not 50-50. He pays more because he earns more. I love how you like that. And you're like, okay. <laughs> well, Heath and I kind of earn the same amount. Yeah, okay. He's teacher. 50-50. Pay teachers more. <laughs> yeah, amen. Um, but, yeah, we have every expense that we've ever had since we lived together on a split-wise. I think if you set that from the get-go, it's a really good rule. Like when yeah. I first moved into a share house, one of my like best girlfriends, she kind of just made that the rule. Yeah. So it's like if you go and buy, I was going to say dish tablets, but they're so expensive. Yeah. I put them on. But if you go and buy like literally like the dish soap or something, it's five yeah. bucks. You just put it on because then it's, everyone's on the same yeah, kind of yeah. wavelength. I think like I love a splitty. I like I love it so much. It's my favorite thing. But it's funny there are some people I – like, I think the frequency of how much I catch up with people, like, if it was any of the girls, I'd be like, oh, my God, it come, it'll come out in the wash. Like, we hang out all the time and they're really great at stuff like that. But also sometimes I'm like, well, like, you actually helped me out doing something. So, like, to me, that $30, whatever, like, doesn't actually bother me because, like, it helped me with my time, essentially. Yeah, or, like, if sometimes, like, I just, even recently, Riles and I had lunch together and I just paid because I was, like, we actually talked about my business the entire time. It's interesting. So I was, like, okay, that's... It sounds on me, guys. No, but seriously, <laughs> it's on Club Sat because, seriously, I was, like, well, it's not like we're actually hanging out. And also, like, I value your opinion and I value your time. So, like, I'm not being, like, oh, so, Riley, we just spoke about my business for 40 minutes <laughs> and nothing else. Would you mind just giving me $15? No. Like, that's just... I've lived in both. So, my first share house, we put every single thing in, no matter how small, into Splitwise. And it worked really well. And then my sort of second share house, we didn't put anything except bills. And Mm-mm. it also worked. I can't believe it. Really no, well. It didn't. And <laughs> my personal opinion is, and yeah, my personal opinion is that if everyone is on the same page, it is fine. Totally. And it doesn't really matter what you do. But I have to say, like, when I reflect on which one I prefer, it was the latter because it means that when you go to the supermarket and you like, grab that like you know some weeks I'm feeling good I've got money in my bank account mm. I can be like you know what I'm gonna go and get the dishwashing like, like yeah, tablets yeah, yeah. this week and I'm gonna splurge and do everyone a favor and then you come home and you're like guys I got the tablets <laughs> yeah and it's kind of I kind of enjoyed that and then on weeks where I was like I'm I have no money or you know I was feeling a bit tight it was the end of payday I could sub out <laughs> someone else could do it <laughs> totally but I think yeah like I think what it's fraught with I danger. feel like the way the <laughs> way just say it no, no, but your approach is how we approached our split wise. Yeah. So, like, everything yeah. was on it and, like, some people could afford something some weeks and then, I don't know, it just was such a weird way of living. Like, we are so – it's just – was it was like a family. It was, like, literally, yeah. like, I had all the ingredients for dinner and what's the difference between me using all of these ingredients versus just some for me? 
But then at the end of the meal, both girls would be like, put what you spent on that dinner on the splitty. So they were like, I think it just was very transparent and very like respectful. I have another follow-up question. Yeah. <laughs> if you have friends over for dinner yeah. and you spend money on ingredients, mm-hmm. are you like baming them or splitwising them for No. That is that is so bad. You cannot do that to people. Because like, you're hosting? It, it's you're inviting people to their house. Like if you if you wanted everyone to pay for themselves, just go out. And I feel like that like, kind of comes out in the wash a little bit because people bring the alcohol. Yes, I always people say bring, the, bring wine. the wine. I guess it's really dependent on people's, like, financial circumstance as well. Like, if you're mm. all going there all the time and they're always, like, making dinner for you, totally. then it's obviously a different scenario. But if it's, like, once that you're invited them to your house, it's a bit different because you're bringing a bottle of wine or a block of cheese, which cheese is, like, 14 bloody dollars these yeah, days. Yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that. I think when it's, like, you have a – when it's good friends and there's, like, a repeat dynamic and it's different, but – yeah. Like you're like I think that's like the audacity. Like you're not a restaurant. Like you shouldn't yeah. be charging people. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think Who your you friendships think you are? are that transactional? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Have you ever had anyone um, message you through Club Sup and say they can't like afford the yeah. dinner? I know that you have multiple ah. things like the cookie swap and yeah. the book swap and 100%. everything. So, w- what do people say? Um, like people, I don't know. People get a bit trolly about it. And they're a bit like, oh, I would come if I could afford it. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's it's probably, like, my greatest fear because I'm so hyper aware that it's, like, so – it's such a struggle, right? It's like, do I just put it – the tickets as what it costs and do – like, I'm, I can't do this for the love of it. Yeah. Like, it's too big and it's too important and, it, like, I don't know. Like, I have to weigh up, like – do I charge a small fee for keeping the brand alive so that we can connect and build it and make it into bigger and better things that can then, once we can scale it, become accessible? Or do we just keep it in hobby phase? Yeah. And so I think I've just got to a point where where I'm at, I'm very comfortable as my sweet spot and it's very unfortunate that it is over a hundred dollars but there's no way like I can't even live off of it like we just keep the business afloat yeah yes and that's why I'm working very hard make more tiered events so that it is accessible and it's at a price point that is accessible for everyone but like yeah well, you're also paying for an experience, right? Totally. You're not just paying for your dinner and your wine. No. You're paying I... for an experience that you could be paying for in a different way, like, you know, yeah. going hiking or I don't know, whatever. It's a different type of experience. Yeah. And I think that, like, you go, you would go and have dinner for maybe $30 or $20 less if you were in a group and you got to decide where you went. But at the end of the day, like, when you come to the club, you kind of get, like, five glasses of wine, which is, like, a lot. So you're having, like, a bottle, pretty much, like, four to five. And you're getting two courses, but there's, like, three to four dishes. Yeah, wow. So for 120 and an experience. So I think I'm think i I'm happy with it. It used to be way more expensive because where we used to do it, used to charge so much not for alcohol. But now, like, you know. Like, you it's not like it's, it's not like it's not. Oh, ha, ha, ha. People can just afford this. Like, I, it's, yeah. like, so at the forefront of my mind. And, yeah, I feel good. I feel good with it now that I can just be like, no, I'm so sorry, but, like, this is what it 
costs to exist. How have you gone about like mentally taking a salary from the business? I feel like it's hard when, I mean, like we were just saying, you want to grow it and there's a real fine line between, I mean, you're still working a casual job in order to be able to do all of things and to keep it at a price that Mm. you're comfortable with. How do you decide? Because at the end of the day, you're also running a business and your time is money and you're putting a lot of effort and investment into it. So the money that goes, that is the profit from the club, goes into the literal hard expenses. So it's like the colouring in sheets, like just that. That's what it goes into. I don't pay myself from that. But what is very fortunate is that we are able to, and an area that I'm super keen to grow because it means I can have a wage is content or partnerships that's when I pay myself because that I don't know something makes me feel uncomfortable about everyone coming and sitting and I'm making a profit of it yeah that just makes me uncomfortable in that dynamic you're not taking the people's money and paying it no yourself with it yes you are have created this environment and then you're able to commercialize leverage yeah (laughs) yeah so I have no issue paying myself what that rate is like that is no problem and I'm just like recently I did a job and I haven't paid myself from that I guess I pay myself in in deductible expenses and that's all I have from that figure and it's kind of just been sitting there and I think because I haven't felt so stressed about like I haven't had other major expenses lately so that I've kind of just like let it sit there and it's kind of like let me have a little bit more freedom with what I'm doing. But I did actually think today if it gets to like the end of January and we haven't done something for the business with it, I will just pay myself. Or you could like put it into some investments or something and let it yeah. grow. Yeah, <laughs> We've got some content for yeah. you if you, need <laughs> Thank to, you. <laughs> if you need to learn. I feel like we could probably chat for another hour about this because it's so fascinating. But I think the moral of this is we need to book some clubs up dinners, but like separately because we're not meant to do it together. No, you can come. I'll just like put you separately, different ends of the table. We'll just nod and cheers to each other. Do you have any like final random money thoughts, advice, anything that comes to mind that you'd want to leave anyone on? Um, Stop. Ordering Uber Eats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Soph, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your openness. It's been a really great chat and it's been really enjoyable. And we cannot wait to see all that you achieve with Clubs Up. We think it's the coolest idea and we're very excited to keep following along. Thank you so much. Thanks, Soph. Well, that wraps up another Taboo Money Chat. That was such a good one. But it doesn't mean that the conversation needs to stop here, does it? No, we want your thoughts. Do you use Splitwise on all your expenses or do you think that it comes out in the wash? Or are you a small business owner who is trying to decide what to pay themselves in a salary? Shoot us an email to yigc at equitymates.com or DM us at yigcpodcast and we'll be collating your thoughts. Anonymously, of course. In our brand new weekly newsletter. You can sign up by the link in our show notes. And whilst you're on your phone, why not download Australia's highest rated banking app? This episode was brought to you by Up, the bank making dealing with money easy for our generation. And if you download and sign up using the code YIGC, they are going to deposit $10 into your bank account. T's and C's apply. Find them at up.com.au forward slash time.
You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.